Webb, welcome back to the studio for another episode of Sales with Aslan. I'm your hey. host, as everybody knows, Tom Stanfield, and you are Tab who? Norris. Tab, <laughs> Tab <laughs> Norris. Yeah, that's me. The, the the I wanted to say the hostess with the mostest, and I don't know where I got that. I think that's mm. something my parents used to say. Hostess with the mostest. Yeah, I don't know. I think that was from the Mary Tyler Moore show. <laughs> Or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Something really I old. I don't know what you're talking about, Tab. I've never seen that show. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you're definitely dating uh, us. How you been, my yes, friend? Yes, I've been good. It's good to be in the studio with you again. Always looking your dapper self. I like your hair today. Everybody can't see that, but it looks mm, fabulous. No, it, I'm having a good hair day. Low humidity here in Atlanta, so uh, I'm having a good hair day. So, yeah, yeah. So that's, a, that's good. definitely a reason to tune in. <laughs> <laughs> the value the value we're bringing to our audience low humidity Yo. will help your hair um yes yes now i'm excited about our topic today tab um as as the our audience is gonna soon learn we're gonna have one of our uh, top consultants new leader um join us and talk about something that i've been personally experiencing which is mm -hmm. how have we needed to shift our approach to selling post COVID because, you know, my thought when we entered into COVID is this was kind of a blip, right? We're going to have to right. learn. We're going to have to shift. We're going to have to sell virtually. And that's going to be new for some of us who haven't been selling inside. Certainly was new to sell. Almost all your meetings were happening via zoom. So we had to adjust to build what we call virtual intelligence and get the right equipment and learn how to work you know, whether Teams or Zoom or WebEx or whatever it was and learn how to do that. We've all done that. I think everybody's probably on the speed. But then we thought, oh, well, COVID will end. Yeah. And then we'll go back to normal. Like we're going to go back to the way it was. Like for us, our process was very much on site when we were selling yep. these large projects. We would do a lot of work before we even would make our presentation. We would assess the organization and we'd make recommendations. A lot of on-site meetings with all the players. Well, that's not really happening for us, and I think it's not happening for a lot of our clients. They're 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 the customers kind of liking the whole virtual, and some are sort of wanting to stick with the way we sold before, and then some and then some reps are no, they're back out in the field, they're they're traveling just as much. So there's this sort of hybrid approach. So. Uh, that's the focus. What what have you been seeing, Tab? Yeah, it's it's very strange because I'm like you. It's like we had pre-COVID, we had COVID, now we have post-COVID. Yeah. And it's like, I really don't know. I, I mean, this is why I'm excited to get get uh, our, our guest perspective and your perspective because, you know, even I was with a client a couple of weeks ago. And even within this one client, all these sales, I kept going, well, isn't it great? You guys are all back out in the field and doing your thing the way you used mm -hmm. to do it. And they're like, well, wait, time out. About two thirds of us are, the other third of us are not. And it kind of depends on your region within the organization. So it's not even like a whole company. Yeah. So it's, it's just, it's very strange. It is a really strange transition time. So I think this is a perfect time to kind of kick this around. Well, welcome our new our guest tab. Why don't you? Uh, yes, you, let's... you you really are responsible for bringing him into the fold, and we've loved working with him. So, introduce yeah. our, our 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 expert panelist. Yes, our panelist. First time on sales with Aslan, which is really mm -hmm. a special time in everyone's life. When you if you ever get that <laughs> opportunity, and I know that Jesse feels that way. You, I, uh -huh. I, everybody can't see the tears in his it. eyes. It's He's like made, it. made it. If you make it on the show, you've made it. If you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. Yep. So um, he'll get like soda and a Clark bar, I think, for every guest. That's what we take. We do. We take care of you, Jesse. But no, I do. I'm really excited. Jesse Rome, he lives Scottsdale, Arizona. And uh, Jesse, I got to know Jesse. Jesse's background is he came, he's from D Washington, D.C., uh, went to Pitt. He's a pit panther, mm -hmm. but uh, ended up his his career. He started with he basically worked with Yelp and then he he joined DoorDash. And that's where I got to know him. He was over one of the he was over training for sales training for DoorDash. And I started working with this guy and I'm like, he, this guy's awesome. He I learned a lot. Every time I was with him, I was learning things. 
and uh, it just it worked out. Won't go into the details, but he is now joined Aslan. As of how long has it been, Tom? It's been uh, three months, two months, two months. It seems like about him. a year. We could ask him. him. We could ask him when he gets on. He's not, of course, yeah. not here yet. But uh, but anyway, he's, he's in the in green the room. room. We provide puppies and kitties in the green room. He's back there, and he's got he's he ordered the red M and M's. He wants yeah, red yeah. M and M's and puppies. Yeah. This so is the longest them. introduction for a guest we've ever had, yeah. I do believe. But uh, <laughs> yeah. anyway, he had Biden on the other day, he was like, and Michelle Obama, and we just, they were like they just came out. We just probably because exactly. they were headlined. Their name well. Is, that's now, true. welcome, Jesse. But Thanks. Jesse's Thanks awesome. He friend. is our new VP of training, and Happy. he has an incredible experience in sales, sales leadership, training, sales training, lots of things. So, welcome, Jesse. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. Quite the introduction. Um, mm -hmm. I, I'm sure the bullet point list that you had planned out was uh, well, I think Jesse much longer than that, it. but I really uh, yeah, appreciate I it. I cut it in half. I just yeah, carved out some of the sense. inappropriate things. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Jesse tabs at the ocean, as you know. He's at the beach, so he's probably he's already halfway through a Bloody Mary. He's like, yeah, yeah. we'll do a podcast. He's like, you know. But I, I had one of those drinks with a little, little uh, umbrella in it, and yeah, it's all umbrella. good. That's good. As he deserves, yeah. as he deserves. Well, I'm happy to be here. I've been listening to this podcast for for a long time. I'm not sure what number episode we're on, but I'm sure it's going to be the best one. So excited, mm, excited it. to dive into it. Yeah, excellent. We need to, yeah, we'll note to Sam, our producer, we'll star this one. It's a best episode ever. That's yes, a superlative right there. Perfect. I love it. I love it. Well, there's definitely pressure, but Jesse and I were bantering about. I wanted to have him on the on the podcast. Um, because of his expertise. I knew he had something to offer, but as we were talking about the topic, uh, he was the one that initiated this topic of saying, how do we, how do we, what's, what are the best practices now we're post COVID? And you know, what I think probably is going to be most uh, important to our listeners is you're coming in from working with a lot of different clients right now who are in multiple different roles. So tell us a little bit about how you landed on this topic and what you're seeing out in the field. Yeah, absolutely. And just a little bit more on my background. Um, you know, I started off overseeing uh, large sales teams, and mostly in inside sales. And so um, learning a lot of processes, how to be effective kind of hour by hour, month, week by week, and then running sales strategy and now just not overseeing inside sales reps, but outside sales reps, account managers, uh, customer success, all those types of organizations. Um, and now working at uh, Aslan, we're overseeing large enterprise clients that are doing all the above uh, and more mm -hmm. just at a higher level. And so I've seen kind of the full scope and seen what best practices are working at each stage. But what we're not seeing is some of these teams aren't communicating with each other on what are the best practices and how they could also be used in some of these other roles. And mm -hmm. so uh, it's been a unique perspective, not just working with every type of sales role, but seeing it both pre-COVID during COVID and after COVID. And I think there's a lot of learnings that we had during COVID and some people remember them and some people just need a reminder of what made them so efficient during yeah. that time. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Cause some, Excellent. some, so for some reps, it's just, it's just like it was pre COVID. Um, and so now it's, they just go back and we maybe, maybe it's a reminder for some reps, the customers really changed and the way that they buy now make decisions and the processes that they put in place don't necessarily match up with maybe the best way to evaluate your solution. So there's, it's a lot of mix, but I think it's important to, to share what we've seen that's working out in the field. So what, what's the, what's, what, it, what's your number one priority or what, what's the most important thing you can tell a seller right now? Yeah. And you know, you look at some of the statistics, you know, there's like six in 10 sales reps right now that when they have a process that works for them, they're not going to change it. And mm -hmm. so nobody here is telling any sales rep, you have to go change who you are. Mm -hmm. um, but if we want to talk about the difference between good and great, that means looking within yourself, mm. figuring out how you can have continuous improvement, be 1% better every day, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So there's a few areas I'd like to dive deep into today. Uh, the, the first area is how can we fill the gaps? Uh, and mm -hmm. what I mean by gaps is when you have time gaps or, or open gaps on your calendar? How are you being proactive with that? Uh, the second area I want to dive uh, even deeper into is a disciplined sales process. Mm -hmm. And how can you be uh, 
more aware of your sales process and more disciplined when you're both in the field or at home. Uh, and the third topic that we all love to talk about, especially as trainers, is owning your own development, mm-hmm. right? You can't just wait mm-hmm. for somebody to, to coach you at all times. Mm-hmm. So let's let's start with kind of filling the gaps and, okay. and where where we see a lot of Being reps. productive, maximizing your time. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I mean, I think back to during COVID, we go from kind of going into the office, out of the office. Now we're in in our own home office, sometimes in our own kitchen. And it was a mess. We had no idea how to be organized, <laughs> right? Your kids are running right. around. The dogs are jumping in the Zoom calls. Everything was going crazy. But it took us a little while. And then we got really disciplined. We figured mm-hmm. out our calendar. We blocked out our lives and, and separated personal from professional. Um, and then now that we've gotten back uh, post-COVID, those lines have started to blur again, where mm-hmm. some people are going fully out into the field, maybe two days a week, and then they're at home, but they're not fully kind of at the office like they were during mm-hmm. COVID. So what I've seen is people that are proactive with their calendar and actually scheduling proactive blocks have been a lot uh, more successful. And we can go into a few examples, but Tab, have, have you seen any of those trends as well? Uh, definitely, definitely. Um, it's It's one of those things where it's, it's almost like some people are so excited that they're back in the field, they can hardly sit to stand it. You know, you know what I mean? They're going back to their coffee shop. They're, you know, they're, they're having, you know, they're going out to lunch. I mean, they're, um, there's just a freedom there, but that can be a negative too, right? Because all this, if you're not, if you're not really disciplined, like you said, and, and kind of, uh, plan accordingly we can waste a lot of time and, and we don't want that either and, and that there i've seen that trend definitely yeah and, and, and what we're seeing is you know the hardest part of the job is prospecting there's no mm-hmm. doubt about it yeah right the most fun part about the job is building rapport and engaging mm-hmm. with with your prospects and so now that we're back in person you get to go do the most fun part of the job you get to drive yeah. around you get to build rapport <laughs> you get to build relationships And because of that, in a lot of scenarios, our relationships are up, our engagement is up, um, our close ratio and and, and deal velocity is up. But the time that we used to spend when we left the Zoom meeting and now we're still sitting at our desk, like, well, what do I do for the next two hours? I'm going to prospect. Now we're spending that time driving. Mm -hmm. And so I think we need to be much more proactive when you talk about these coffee shops or waiting at the airport or um, when you're even talking on the phone, maybe with a friend in the car, Um, we need to fill these gaps proactively Mm -hmm. with prospecting blocks or research blocks so that you can make sure that you're not falling behind on your sales pipeline. And we've seen that with a couple of the recent clients that we've worked with internationally. How are they filling the gaps and, and going deeper in earlier in the sales process? Uh, so that'd be the first big takeaway. Yeah. I think the key word is proactively. Mm-hmm. It's like if we look at our week and we say, I've got to spend four hours this week filling my pipeline. And some people, it might be 20 hours. Some of it depends on where they, like you said, there's a lot of different types of reps. So some, some reps are growing and defending accounts. And some of prospecting is, is, you know, is moving upstream in accounts for some as they've got to win new logos, whatever the plan dictates, I have to, I have to find this many prospects to win this many opportunities to hit my number. If I'm proactive about planning my year, my month, my week, and I look at my week ahead and I say, this is what I have to do because I just won't do it. I have to say, these are the four. And we just, we just interviewed um, a couple of weeks ago a top rep from a SaaS company. And that was the first thing he said. It's like, why are you successful? He goes, I take, he's, I, I plan four hours every week of the things I hate to do. Yep. And he also created accountability around it. Like he mm-hmm. had it planned with other people. So for that four hours, and it wasn't four solid hours, it was four, four one hour blocks that he would, he would do the things like build his pipeline or the things he doesn't want to do. And he just protected that and he planned it out every week. And I think that's, I think that's key. Yeah. Great. Great. And the other thing you said, Tom, was that the customer has changed, right? And and when you talk about filling the gaps, you can't be everywhere at once. We've Mm -hmm. talked to multiple clients and we hear this pushback when we're training reps, when we're managing reps. I can't be everywhere at once. My territory is too big. I can only travel to them once a year. All these different kind of 
narratives that you're telling mm -hmm. yourself, but you just spent two years overcoming that narrative. You spent two years doing Zoom meetings, getting used to phone calls, engaging in clients in ways that you would never have before. So to, to be in 2023 and to live in the 2019 life just will not be scalable. So we need to remember you can still fill gaps with having your own hotspot and doing a Zoom meeting from a coffee shop, having phone calls when engagement and setting up meetings. It doesn't always have to be in person, in person, in person. So yeah, the right. customer has changed and the customer wants that because mm -hmm. as we all know, they're busy and maybe that's right for them. <laughs> this reminds me of a, a guy early in my career. Well, maybe probably was early. I think it was even pre-Aslan. But I was working with an office leasing guy because we were looking for office space. And so he's taking me out for the day. One of the most impressive and annoying things I ever saw. He's taking me out for the day to look at office space. In between the office buildings we were visiting, he would prospect while I was in the car. No way. He That's did. awesome. He would prospect. Now, what was... <laughs> what That's was, pretty impressive. For the same was, listings that he was showing you? <laughs> no. Yeah, He's maybe that one quite as impressive I mean, as I thought. That's an extreme example, but I still remember. I mean, and guess what? He crushed it. Yeah. He oh, crushed yeah. it because he's like, I'm even, he's even prospecting with, he's with a client. He's calling other <laughs> clients. I'm like, this is amazing. I mean, part of me was like, hey, what? I mean, you know, it was like, but now he could have done a better job of explaining to me. Like he could have won. Right. Me, Look, I love you. I'm not going to be calling anybody, but we're in the car together and you probably have things to do. So I have a couple of calls I need to make. And you know, he could have softened it, but he right. just didn't care. He just like, I'm making calls. And I'm like, <laughs> he's like, you don't care about me and I don't care about you. You need to see space. Now, I don't know if I recommend that, but the point is it, it, you got to do the work. If you don't build your pipeline, you're going to die. You have to find a way. And I think what really, it's all just, there's so many distractions. We've gotten out of rhythm. Yeah. And people, and people are busier. Reps are busier. There's just so much coming at us now with the pace of things. And, and being at home and being at the office and not being settled. It's just so much things are happening. Maybe you don't have the support you used to have. I think it's harder to plan, but we got to protect our time. Yeah, I I 100% I agree with you. And I think that one of the, and you said that we're out of our rhythm. I really mm -hmm. like that because that's mm -hmm. what I feel. Yeah, I feel like it's always shifting where, you know what I mean? Like in every, and, and I can just speak this is more for me. I, mm -hmm. I used to kind of know how I would communicate with a client. I mean, how we did it. I had a system, I had a process and now sometimes they'll, t sometimes I can do it. Sometimes I can't. Mm -hmm. So when it's really frustrating because you're constantly having to adjust. And I think that's probably true for a lot of our sellers. You used to have the way people bought kind of fit and you know, maybe it was 90% of the time it was always this way. And now we've got all, it's just, it's got there's nuance mm -hmm. and there's adjustments and there's change and, and jesse we've even seen it with this one client we have you know we want to do everything in person but you know because of our salespeople, we can't do that and you know so i, I think we're seeing it all over the place absolutely yeah. this this might be the perfect transition to to dive into the sales process a little bit and, yeah. and where we see people making strides in a post-COVID world now that it's kind of opened up with face-to-face, -face, mm -hmm. uh, but also where people are struggling. Um, now I've worked across many different organizations and now I'm seeing firsthand working with these large global companies kind of where they're seeing success and where they're not. Uh, a lot of people are relying on the increase of relationship and engagement and mm. replacing that with the quality of value that they're actually able to deliver. And so what we see is, sure, they're still able to have great deal velocity and great retention, but they're not selling. They're selling products instead of programs, right? They're selling smaller deals. And that all, based on my experience, is stemming back to discovery. And so when you have this mm. hour block that you might usually have with a client, if you were on the phone, you might fill it with five, 10 minutes of rapport, 20, 30 minutes of discovery, go on, so on and so forth. Now that time has shifted to 15 minutes of rapport, right? And building relationship and having fun and being in person and less time for discovery, which leads to, you know, maybe quicker value, more shallow value um, and, and smaller deal sizes. And so 
that's uh, a big area yeah, that that I'm seeing yeah. where if we are more disciplined in our approach, and it can be simple, right? You can have three objectives going into any meeting. If you have three objectives going into any meeting, you know you have to get through those before you move on. Ideally, mm-hmm. you're diving deep into those while still establishing establishing your relationships. But we're seeing deal velocity, retention, engagement, all these things are up. So to the salesperson, they're like, this is fun. This is great. Right. But how can you go from good to great? It's not just about velocity, right? It's about the the size of the deal. And that all stems back to to the discipline during mm. discovery. I hadn't I hadn't thought about that, uh, Jesse. So what you're saying is now that I'm face to face, my rapport building, relationship building is again, of course, this changes depending on the type of clients I have and my the nature of my relationship. But the rapport building went from five minutes to 15 minutes. I'm eating up time because I'm face-to-face now. I'm eating up time talking about other things besides how can I determine what problems they have and who's involved in the decision-making, where are they in their decision-making process, and what are their budget, and all the questions I need to ask to, to determine, is it qualified? Can I help? And how do I obviously understand what their needs are? So that's yeah. what you're saying. That's what's happening. And when you're in person, you're just excited. And when they tell you mm-hmm. that first pain point, I'm so excited to tell you everything we can <laughs> yeah, do with right. that. Right. And how can you blame them? You're right there. You can yeah. see the problem. You're mm-hmm. you're looking at it. It's on their whiteboard right in front of you. Um, but when you're virtual, you're a little bit more disciplined because you might have a second screen with a checklist on it, or you just came out of a one-on-one with a manager where they coached you on how to do this call. If you're in person, that coaching happened a week ago. If you're in person, you're on the adrenaline of the relationship. If you're in person, uh, yeah. you feel compelled to maybe get to the point because you can see their emotions as to mm-hmm. how they're busy and they have other things yeah. going on. Mm-hmm. And so we need to come up with some sort of three-step process or three objectives that people can be disciplined for going into, that's easy to memorize, right? That, mm-hmm. that can discipline them going into these discovery meetings. That's, no, that's no so good. objective is. Yeah, well, I mean, what I what I'm seeing is, I mean, I just had this with another. I was training a bunch of account executives a few weeks ago, and they said the same thing. We kept we kept talking about their challenge with discovery, and we kept coming back to how are you how are you setting this up? And it's almost like they've got they they've they said, well, why we used to do that, and then you know we used to do that when we were out in the field and then everything was virtual and, and everything was rushed and everything. And now that we're back in the field, we've kind of, we've kind of lost that habit. We've gotten a little sloppy, mm. you know, with our setup, you know, we're not coming in with a tight agenda and objective. And it was a big light bulbs were going off like, Oh my gosh, I've got to get back in that habit because I'm just not getting, we're, I'm wasting too much time without really getting down to the core issues. So I'm, yeah. I just had that conversation two weeks ago. So to, to, to make sure we're being clear and kind of summarize this, Jesse, you're saying because of the new <laughs> sort of the newfound freedom, excitement about being out in the field, <laughs> we've, we've lost some of our discipline and our objectives. And so we need to keep that in the forefront to make sure that we go into every meeting with clear objectives and then we're focused on those and we don't just sort of enjoy, hey, we're just building relationships again. It's good to see uh, we move into that. And I will say, <clears throat> I, I think that works, by the way, half the time. Even Absolutely. Like, even the fact that you want to build relationships, well, 50% using obviously just round numbers, but half of the world you're going to work with are task-oriented. They don't want to build relationships. <laughs> you're building a relationship with them by being focused on the objective. Mm-hmm. The other half are relational and they they are with they're they're willing accomplices in this. They're like, sure, let's just hang out. Like yeah. they love that. Good to see you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. let's hang out. Great, good to see you. I'm great to have you. You're going to listen to my stories. I love somebody to listen to my stories. Um, and you know, as we talked about on our show previously, you got parrots and doves mm. who love the relational stuff. Well, the owls and eagles don't. Right. So, um, so I think that's it's a really good point. We've got it. For the the people that are more relational, we need to help them remember why we're there and agree with the objectives and do the thing. We can build rapport along the way. Um, I'd like to flip it and talk about the other side of it, which is I'm having to sell more virtually. And so, uh, yes, I'm out in the field. 
but I'm still having to sell virtually because the client is now bought into the whole, why don't we just have a Zoom meeting? That's what I'm seeing a lot. Oh, I know Same you used to here. fly in and meet with me and you know, you'd meet with this team and then you'd meet with that team and it makes sense to come in. Sure. If you're willing to spend the time and the, and the money, come on in and we'll spend two and a half hours and we'll have lunch together in between. And so the, that's where you're building more relationship and even the most highly task oriented people over lunch are going to be, they're going to start talking about other things besides work. That is not happening now. Zero. I can't get on site with anybody. Yeah, it I makes think... it makes no sense to me. I, I could get meetings all day long, Tom. I mean, it was almost like I well, do I really want to spend the money on that flight. Now I would do anything, and and it's like they won't do it. They're like, well, nobody's going to be here. Or we're all spread out, and the only way they're we're all going to be they're spread out. That's the biggest that's issue. The you biggest can fly issue. to Philadelphia, but that's great. But we have people now in Dallas, and they're in St. Louis, and so that's Everybody's a waste of time. Virtual. Everybody's saying that. Yeah. So I think, especially if you're selling more complex deals, there's multiple decision makers located in multiple locations. Yeah. And I, what I'm seeing that the successful sellers are doing, and I've had to adjust this myself, is they have to def define the sales process <laughs> because the customer is not defining the right sales process. If we let the customer lead the buying process, if you will, they're, they don't know how to evaluate our solutions. And I say our, meaning anybody, whoever's listening to this call, you think about your solution. The customer may have bought it once, may have, may have never bought the solution. Maybe they bought it a handful of times where we've worked with hundreds of organizations that have had to figure this out and implement a solution. So we're the ones that need to define what's the best way to evaluate. What, what's the best way to determine what problem you have What's the best way to evaluate? What's the best solution? And if we let the customer say, well, look, why don't we meet with the team? Um, and we're going to spend 45 minutes and we're going to meet with the team. What's the team? 10 people. And they're, oh, you want me to talk? Yeah. And then we want you to do the capabilities presentation. Okay. Well, we'll schedule 30 minutes for that and 15 minutes Q&A. We're talking about a million dollar solution and you're going to make a decision based on, I'm not even going to have an opportunity. And then, yeah, then we're going to do an RP. And then we're going to base the decision on finalists. And then we'll have you come in. Maybe I'm like, that's not the best way. So I think, I think it's just super important for sellers to step back and, and define what is the best process for evaluating a solution. And then they got to sell their process, not their solution. You got to sell your process. And I, it's funny, I'm currently working with a company and then I'll shut up uh, that gets this. Like they, they are, going through, they're emulating an on-site meeting virtually. So what they're doing is they're setting up multiple 30-minute meetings with the different stakeholders so that we're having Q&A sessions that would normally happen on-site. Before, now that's going to lead to a capabilities pres based on cultural fit and understanding it's the same way it used to be. They're just, they've mapped it out virtually. So I haven't had to sell them on changing that. So now that, now that's a really, cause I, you, you just answered my question because I think it's an, it's the ability to adapt in a new world, mm -hmm. but it don't, don't cut it short. You may just have to think about it differently. This is the good to great thing, Jesse, you were bringing mm -hmm. up. That's a great example of good to great. I can't make them do it the way it used to be. But I can't just go, oh, well, let's just do it ineffectively and let you do it yeah. wrong. Let's work together and let's come up with a process that fits in these new parameters in the new world we live in. That's awesome. Yeah. And what is what is the part going back into mostly Zoom meetings that you feel like is missing? Is it that time to meet the team? Is it that time to build the relationship? Or is it the time per meeting that's allocated so that we can have a conversation and it's not just presenting a solution or, or one-sided. Yeah, it's not about building a relationship. It's about understanding what the needs are. So mm -hmm. if I've got, you've got a learning team, like for us, you have multiple teams that are involved uh, in implementing a solution. All of those teams play a role. They all have needs. They all have decision drivers. And so if you walk in cold and make a 45-minute presentation on something that literally would take you probably eight hours to, 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 to 
you know, if you need, had eight hours, you could say, okay, I can walk you through everything you need to know to address everybody's concern, whether I know it or not. I don't have eight hours. I got 45 minutes. And, and then by the way, people are late. So now you have it 30 minutes and maybe you've got an hour, but then people are late or then you do the Q and a, whatever it is, it's just, just a short period of time. So you need information to understand what they're doing to then feed it back to them because they don't also know all the, they don't have all the questions. They don't know everything you, in our world, we need to assess what's happening for us to then provide value on what they should do. So, yeah, I think the main thing is just more time. Um, yeah. And there, I don't think it's necessarily engagement. I think people are engaged. I think it's primarily just time. Now, some people that are selling struggle because it's a tangible thing. Like, I'm going to do it. I need to show you the equipment, right? And you've got to duplicate that. And there's a way to do that virtually. For some, there's not. And so I think the main point is the rep needs to figure out yeah. what needs to happen for the cust customer to make the right decision. They need to know what's the process needs to be and why, because a lot of times I'll talk to reps and they'll say, well, I just want the customer to do this. And I'll go, why? Well, cause I feel more comfortable. Well, that doesn't motivate anybody. Right. <laughs> well, I'll feel better if we have a relationship. They don't care. You know, they, they just feel more comfortable. Like, you know, they can, they can leverage their charm and, or they feel more like they've got more charisma and like, which is one thing about COVID, it's made us better. Yeah. There's no yeah. doubt about that. In a lot of ways. Yeah. And and the world you're talking about is is much more in the acquire bucket, right? People that are going after new business and and you need a set process and, and making them aware of what that sales process is and flipping the conversation to the more of the account managers, those that are defending and going more in the field where they're kind of going appointment to appointment. And they don't have many stages before they have that appointment because they're having their annual review, quarterly review, right. whatever it is. Those people are going right in. And to your point, they're like, here's the new product. Here's the right. new analysis. Here's what's going on. And they're not – like when we talk about we need to tell the client what our process will be, we need to set an agenda. I can't wait to go over everything that's important for you to know how to grow your business. But before I do that, I just want to ask a few questions as to what's been going right. on the last three, three months, 12 months, what are your pain points, so on up. and so forth. And so it, I think it can go both ways. And some of it is more over a span of weeks. And some of it is how can you be more efficient in that 60 minute block totally and more agree. disciplined yeah. to communicating your process to the client. Yeah. If you're walking in and you're meeting with somebody you've been working with, your account manager, and you have a relationship, that's just more about, and you're on site, there's not much change there. And I think it referred to what you said earlier in the call about how to be disciplined around that makes sense. But if I'm trying to grow an account and I'm trying to expand my footprint in the account and I'm working with other stakeholders and they now only want to work with me virtually, I've got, it's easier for me to get a meeting typically because I can leverage my existing relationships but now I, this is where the process comes into play for how do I assess the needs of the rest of the organization and how do I get connected with them? Because they may just say, let's have a Zoom meeting. Tell me what you got. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, let me hear your set. Let me hear. Yeah. So Bob said, just talk to me. That's great. Let's have a Zoom call or maybe stop by next week when you're in and tell me what you got. And that's not what we need to do. That's. Well, okay. I think it all goes down to the fact that the customer typically dictates process. Yeah. And that's wrong. I, and if I've been a decision maker, <laughs> hard. I, dic I dictate process. Like I remember one time we were evaluating uh, marketing firms and, you know, the marketing, our head marketing guy knew one of the firms really well. And the other two firms, he didn't know it. They were meeting with us for the first time. He'd invited them in to the party. And he said, we're going to do a 45 minute capabilities pros. And one of the firms, the, the rep had had multiple meetings, lots of information was ready for that call, knew exactly what to present. And then the other two never met any of us. And they agreed to the 45 minute little press. Yeah. Those other two reps lost before they ever showed up. <laughs> never had a chance because they're like, there's no way in the world you're going to evaluate our firm in 45. I don't know. So they should have said no. And here's a yeah. fun fact for 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 what I, I think is amazing. Every time I've said no to a customer, they've changed. 
every time I've said, I'm not doing that. Well, why aren't you right. doing that? Well, because here's the reason why it's in your best interest for me not to do that. Like one of the things that they'll say to us all the time, which I think is relevant to a lot of our listeners is they'll, they'll want to do something or make a decision without meeting the team or about meeting the key people or seeing something. And I'm like, mm -hmm. there's no way in the world you're going to be able to evaluate our solution. Like you want to, <laughs> a simple analogy, you want to judge our restaurant based on our menu versus tasting our food. You can't do that. It's just pretty pictures and words. If you really want to evaluate a restaurant, you have to eat the food. So if you really want to evaluate our solution, you're going to have to do the following. You need to meet the team. You need to do these things. And, um, and you need to be able to communicate that. And they'll go, okay. Because, and that is a perfect example of what we're talking about, that they would have done a lot of, a lot of companies would have done that in the past, but now they're going, well, I've been buying without meeting people for the last couple of years. So I don't need to go back to that. And what we're saying is good to great. There are some, you, you need to move back to that when you can, because it's a better way to evaluate. It's a better way to buy. It's, That's it's really needed. good. You it's don't needed. take a hard stand. Like I'm confident when I take a hard stand because it's the truth. Right. It's like, if it's true, it's true. Versus, right. okay, well, I'll do whatever you tell me to do. Like the, we waste so much time with RFP responses. And it's like, oh. hey, we want you to do this for the RFP. We want you to spend days writing something for people who, and, and then, well, tell me about your process afterwards. No. Tell me about the stakeholders. No. Tell me about how you're going to evaluate the vendors once you get the RFPs. No. Okay. Well, enjoy your RFP process. And by the way, here's what they'll do. <laughs> After you spend all this time and effort, they won't even respond to your RFP. I mean, it's just, they're so... <clears throat> Customers are happy to waste your time. Yeah. They have no problem with that. And I'm not saying they're bad people. They're just not, they're just doing what they're told to do, or they're just for following a process that seems relevant to them. And they, and they want to follow people who know where they're going. So I think we need to demonstrate that and don't be afraid to create the fork in the road. That's great. That's great. All right. Yeah. yeah I'm sorry, Jesse, go on. I was just going to say the other part of the sales process, I, I feel that we, have, have maybe dropped off of is kind of how yeah. to end these meetings. And that is on Zoom, we have our calendar in front of us and we're like, yeah. here's the calendar. This is when I'm available. Let's do this. And when we're in person, we're relying on rapport so much. We feel so good about the relationship we've just built. It's, yeah, I'll, I'll give you a call next week. We'll schedule something. You like me, right? You like me? <laughs> I like you. Yeah, this was awesome. <laughs> And then you don't Guilty. set anything firm Guilty. because, hey, I don't want to pull out my phone. I don't want to pull out my laptop. It's hard to see my whole calendar when I'm in right. person. And so the next discipline when we talk about a sales process, the first is what I was saying is discovery. The second part is that advance. What are the clear next steps when you're in person, when you have all those people in front of you? Um, and that's where you talk about a clearly defined, giving them the agenda, telling them ahead of time. Um, kind of what the steps are, how this conversation is yeah. going to go and what if it's going to end If you know your with. process, you can do that. Yeah. And, and for some reason, even though we say it, when we're in person, we're having so much fun, we don't even bring it up. It's, uh, I'll, I'll let you go. I'll, I'll call you next week. Man, you I know? am so guilty of that. I, I, I watched myself do that. Uh, well, I shouldn't say watched myself. I, I, I know I did. I remember thinking I should button this all up. But it just feels like we're all, you know, connected and it felt so good to be face to face. I'd flown out to meet with a company and I forgot what city I was in in the middle of the Midwest. And and it was like, great, we'll meet next week. Sure, that's great. Whatever. Still haven't met with them. <laughs> I'm sure it's a great conversation, too. You might yeah. meet with them in a, in a few months. But yeah. how do you shorten yeah. the sales cycle? discipline and that's that's all it is that's a really good point jesse i i'd forgotten about that yeah that's so it is true because i normally was pretty disciplined i've always been disciplined about it but yeah it's like you're in your office you're like i got my calendar and then now i don't have my calendar how can we do that well i could i could pull up my phone i mean we could but that's great that's great and and transitioning when you talk about you didn't do that like who was holding you accountable it's just yourself tab, and tab I mean, I, so it's all my fault that was my fault i didn't coach him right i didn't coach him correctly it's tab's fault jesse it's because we're not now in the field fault. now it's your fault <laughs> we can't depend on tab that is my next point and my last point we can never depend on tab let's just underline that no but in in all seriousness owning your own development and this yeah. is something that i've seen um, across all the organizations I've worked in will always be something 
that's the difference from good to great. But yeah. I think that what we saw during COVID is that those that did not used to do that, those that used to just depend on managers, all of a sudden were forced to kind of owning your own development because we were siloed. We were mm -hmm. absolutely kind of alone in this world. Mm -hmm. And we were recording our calls. We were listening to podcasts when we were going on walks with our dogs. We were on <laughs> Zoom meetings with our friends. We had team channels where we were very social and interacting. Now we're back in the field. And we're siloed in a different way where we're no longer kind of connected in our phone to our friends all the time. We're not necessarily uh, talking to our manager nearly as often. And so I think um, a big passion of mine as both a, a rep, a manager, a, a trainer, a sales strategist, all those things is to build really great habits. And one of those habits has to be blocking out time for your own development. That's great. And I mean, the other thing that's making that more difficult is that when you were selling all via Zoom, so easy to record a Zoom call. Exactly. Yeah. And then you could just say, well, it's just why, I mean, that, how, how, how great was that? Now we're out in the field there. No one's watching me, um, you know, not advance that and get agreement to the next step. So and if I would have listened to the call, go, oh, you know, what? Maybe I didn't have awareness, but your notes aren't as good when you're in the field. You don't report mm -hmm. in the CRM nearly yeah. as much when nope. you're out in the field. Uh, most, a lot more things were recorded when we were at home. But who's to stop you from clicking the voice memo button and recording yourself when you're in the field? Who's to stop right. you from right when you get in the car writing detailed notes of, of what you think you did well and what you think you could have done better? Like. What's to stop you from from doing some of these things? That's so good. Well, I mean, I just think about even when I, I don't know if you're this way, when I first started selling virtually, it was awful because I would look at myself. It, don't take, don't even talk about the recording, <laughs> the yeah. actual, because it took me a long time to figure out how to turn off my self view. <laughs> it was awesome because it was like I was I, I would I was getting feed. I mean, it was like oh, I felt like I was doing self-assessment right. every time I did a discovery meeting or I did a presentation or anything like that. Um, it was very powerful. And um, it, you're right. And that's now it's gone. Now, now, now I, I'm, I don't have that constant self-assessment going on. Yeah, that is so key. You got to watch your game films. Yeah. And if you. You know, and you can you can simulate that back to I love your point, Jesse, about being responsible for your own development. Like it's my goal and the most successful people I've worked with. I mean, I've been in sales now, gosh, what, almost 40 years, I guess it's, eh, 38, something like that. It's like it's just hands down. You can always tell the number one sales rep in any workshop or you meet them. They're always learning. They're the ones asking all the questions. They're the ones taking all the notes. And I always go. That's the number one rep. And you think they're the not. You think there's a new, they're the, oh, you must be the new person because you're taking notes to ask all these questions. Oh, no, no, that's the number one rep. I just delivered a workshop a couple of months ago. This rep has already made $700,000 this year. <laughs> and she was the most engaged and asked the most questions, the most humble, the most trying to learn. And then I was traveling this weekend with another, uh, with some friends and I was meeting a new couple and, you know, she was the same person asking all these questions. What do you know? I was like, oh, she must be probably trying to learn how to be good in sales because she's asking me all these questions. Like, nope, she was the number one rep. You know, so it, it's just a constant truth about a consistent truth about people that are good. Um, but we got to figure out a way to do that. Um, and I think one of the ways you can do it is is role plays. We got to, I mean, don't forget role plays. Like, if you're a leader listening to this, I mean, I I used to do that all the time. You'd have you'd create a scenario that you'd you do with your manager and then record it just on, you could just record it on your phone. I mean, it's easy to do and you can simulate that. And then your coaching session can be based off that. And you can hear yourself if you're a rep and it's recorded. And it doesn't even have to be your manager. I know my wife could yeah. perfectly pitch the old solution I was selling because we would do role plays all the time. And, you do have a saint. And now she could be a manager. She could be a trainer. I mean, she's, at this point, she's sick of it. But these role That's plays awesome. work. And, you know, with, there's different types of development. There's the reactive where you're kind of listening to yourself yeah. and thinking. And then mm. there's the proactive. Like, what do I want to get better at? And that's the books, the podcast and all that. But there's there's simple things that you can do uh, in a proactive uh, sense. And I think a lot of us are either one track, like we're one tracked where we're mm -hmm. either like, I love to reflect and 
ask for feedback or we're proactive or we just want to learn and we don't want to think about ourselves. We don't want to think <laughs> intrinsically and you yes, know, look in the yeah, mirror yeah. and all that. So I think like a, a great one proactively is just signing up for Google alerts and uh, subscribing to different channels that have to do with your industry. And whether that's mm-hmm. Harvest Business Review or that's Industry Dive or that's Google News and, and whatever your territory and your vertical is, you can just get served a lot of this information. And so even if it's that's not awesome. sales specific, you're broadening your knowledge so that you can become way more successful in your specific vertical. I love that. I was, I was talking with a client, Jesse, uh, guy just, he's amazing. I've worked with him for years and he's phenomenal. And we were having a conversation about something and he said, Tab, it's, and we were talking about someone being successful and he goes, you know why they're successful? Because they have a learner's posture. Mm. I love that term a learner's posture. And he said, people that have a learner's posture, they constantly look for ways to get better in every situation that they're in, any and every situation. And that really stuck with me. That's what you're talking about is creating a learner's posture and and, and creating habits Mm, to do that. I love it. And in the good ones, you know, if you, if you think about how you can assess yourself, if you're open to doing that, it's actually pretty easy in selling. You know, there's only four main capabilities when you're interacting with a, with a human, you know, if you're working, whether, whatever their level is, there's really only four, you engage the beginning of the meeting, right? You discover, you build value, Mm -hmm. you advance, all of them have outcomes. So if you just simply, this is what I do. If I just simply go through those four capabilities, how well did I engage? Did I set a real clear agenda for the meeting? Was mm. it was it another centered purpose? Did I was it clear about what we we're trying to accomplish? Discovery was I clear? It's kind of something you talked about earlier. Was I clear about what I'm trying to uncover? What I want the customer to reveal? Did mm. that? Did they do that? Build value? Did they agree with what I'm recommending? Did they change their opinion about the right process or who else needs to be involved? Or maybe it's even buying my solution. Advanced? Is there a clear? All of those are measurable. So if I just go through that checklist of those four things. And I, I can see anywhere where there, that didn't happen, that clues me in to where there may be a gap. And now I can focus more on one of those areas. And that may be where I work on it or create my role play or ask questions or get feedback or whatever. I will say this too, for people who uh, haven't been selling a long time and, and it, there's a lot of fear related to getting feedback. I was that guy. Like I remember when Tab, you, we started working together. You're like, I love feedback. Like, bring it on. Show me how I suck. It's like you had that learner. Like, I Learner's posture. I didn't like to be exposed. Yeah. It was too painful for me. I was too tied to my success. You know, it's like, it was too, it was like, ah, oh, I sucked at that. I don't want to know, you know? So it's like, I'd rather live in this sort of fantasy land of, I think I'm good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but if you, if you embrace it, and you start to get feedback, selling becomes the easiest thing you do. Mm. Like, it's like, it just, you get over it. It's kind of like actors do. You just get over it. You get used to being on stage. You get used to plubbing your lines. You get, you just push past the fear and then you start to open. It opens a whole new world. I, I, I kind of, I learned that from you, Tab. Well, I, yeah, I remember you going, I remember some incredible times together where you were learning that and it was, inc- it was amazing how, uh, how you developed and, um, really put yourself out there. Yeah, I, mean, I think about remember, like, like yeah. especially public speaking, like oh, big God, speaking so oh. and, and you really, you're a great example of, of how you can change your posture and it does have an impact. So it's awesome. Yeah, it's a long good to time develop ago. Why you don't want feedback. So it might be, it might yeah. be something that's not the unknown to, uh, to whoever's listening to this and maybe senses there's a resistance. They may not know why for me, it was fear. Mm-hmm. It was completely fear, which is ridiculous when you think about it. Oh, so I'm afraid of getting feedback from my coach because <laughs> he might not like me or I might not. I mean, it's I've lost from respect. Being the person. Yeah. I mean, ultimately I'm afraid of not, not being good at my job. Well, the only thing that's keeping me from being good at my job is practice. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> like, that's it, it. it makes no sense, which most fear doesn't. Most fear doesn't make sense. Jesse, That's anything great. else we need to be aware of that we haven't covered? This has been super helpful for me. I know yeah. I've, I've learned. Yeah, those those are the main three topics I came prepared with. Um, you know, just we're we're seeing a, a a market that's changing 
Uh, and so that means that you yourself have to be adaptive and that's yeah. the reality here. And a lot of what we're doing is working, but that doesn't mean it's going to work forever. And so mm. I think to be that, mm. to have that learner's posture, what will we call it like to have a growth mindset and to seek feedback and to be reflective on your process and to acknowledge that there are gaps in your day and you are not allowed to three months later complain about performance when you know you didn't maximize the gaps in your day, right? Mm -hmm. To have that self-awareness in mm -hmm. this type of market, it's it's everything right now. I love that. I love that closing yep. point. And yep. if you, to see if you have a learner posture, right? All you got to do is say, who's killing it right now in your organization? Mm -hmm. Who do you know that's killing it? Go talk to them and ask them, how are they organizing their week? What are they doing? Because this is ultimately a lot of what we do as we talk it's to stuff people you don't see. It's, it's stuff yeah, you don't see. Don't see. So go talk to them. Don't be, don't compete with them. Go talk to them. Go say, what are you doing? Help me be like you. They'd love to tell you. Yeah. Uh, and, and then you can start to see what works. Jesse, thanks, my friend. Love having you on board. You've already made a yes. huge impact. We didn't even talk about your trip to, to Scandinavia. No, we did not. That's for the next podcast. Though. That's for the next. We just got back from Copenhagen and Stockholm, right? Stockholm, Stockholm, exactly. Never been there. I've had Copenhagen before in a little can. <laughs> very different. Very different. Very different. Very different. Yep. Jesse, well, thank, thank you, you my for friend. having me. This was a pleasure, and uh, I hope to earn another appearance soon. This was I'm great. Sure, thanks I'm for sure. having me, guys. Yeah, you did a great job. Thanks, guys, and thanks for joining thank us for another episode of Sales with Aslan. Mm -hmm.